Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your It's Friday. We're wrapping up the week, Matthew Friday 27. Text Talk, that's exactly right. Hey, if you are in the Tampa area, we'd love to meet you this weekend. We're going to be assembling together for worship on Sunday. And all the information you need about that is at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to be reading Matthew 27, the end of it, today. And, you know, this is Friday, and it's always Good Friday on Text Talk. And so we find Mm. Jesus. In fact, in Matthew, we found Jesus every day. Mm -hmm. And we've taken a little different approach in our conversations this week, where we've been looking at these faces of the cross. And we're going to look at another one today, who is not Jesus. Today, I want to say, be Joseph. Be Joseph. Be Joseph. I mean, he's kind of a... uh, it's, It's like... Kind of a mixed bag, but uh, yeah, Joseph, I mean, ultimately, Joseph the, of Arimathea. from Arimathea. Yeah, yeah okay. not not Joseph, the uh, brother of eleven, and not Joseph, the uh, adoptive father of Jesus. Though Just, these are both good fellows, I, I mean, think probably. But I'm talking Joseph, about Joseph of Arimathea. There's a Joseph you read in Matthew one, but I yeah, that's that other. <laughs> I, I just said that one. <laughs> and, now we get, and now we get here to Matthew 27, we'll read about a different Joseph. It's a different Joseph. Yeah, that's right. So, but I, I hope actually, even as we've looked at all these different people, we're seeing uh, how to surrender to Jesus. And we're seeing... And seeing ourselves in all yeah. of these faces, aren't we? And we're, we're going to finish up this story of the crucifixion. And I don't want us to miss that just because we're going to highlight Joseph. So let's start in verse 45. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, limisabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come and save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe, and they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir... We remember how the imposter said, while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. 
Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. I'm always struck by the end of that chapter there that these fellows wanted Jesus dead and they wanted him to stay dead. And they are so mindful of his teaching about resurrection. That, you know, that, that they want to make sure. And as you pointed out yesterday, they taunted him on the cross with his own words about the temple and three days later. And and now here we are. Let's make sure we have guards by this so that, that no one would take that body out and say he was raised. That does intrigue me. So what it points out is that when Jesus would talk about the resurrection, his resurrection, there were people who at least heard the words and said, you know what, he... He laid the groundwork. Mm-hmm. I bet uh, we better be careful because these disciples, I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. People don't come back from sure. the dead. We know that. But if the disciples steal the body, mm-hmm. then they can perpetrate a conspiracy, and this will be worse than if we had just let him continue on acting like he was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so there, there were some people that were at least picking up a little bit of what Jesus was putting down on this resurrection talk and discussion. Picking up on it with the goal of thwarting it. Yeah. We want to make sure it doesn't happen, that yeah. anyone would suggest that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. Uh, l- l- let, me, let me make sure to clarify. It's not that we want to make sure it doesn't happen, because that doesn't happen. People don't come back from right, the dead. Right, right. We want to make sure these guys can't pretend they can't say it. Like it has happened. I think that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Next week when mm-hmm. we're in Matthew 28 as we're talking about the resurrection, let's remember this. Yeah. That they actually were trying to make sure that it wasn't going to happen. They were yeah. they were trying to set the stage so that the disciples could never make this claim. That's probably a, an important bit of evidence. I think it is. As we consider the resurrection. We'll look, we'll look forward to that. Of course, the whole business with resurrection is an empty tomb. And how does Jesus come to be laid in a tomb? Well, that leads us to Joseph of Arimathea. And what we learn, I think it's important to point this out, is that uh, Jesus was not just pulled off the cross and thrown in a ditch somewhere. No, he was not. He was not thrown in a mass grave of criminals somewhere. We have mm-hmm. four records of testimony that say he was taken down from the cross, and there was a man on the council who sided with him, Yeah, and he asked for the body, and he allowed the body to be put in his own family tomb. Well, when you talk about the, the evidence aspect of all this, he has formally sought the body— it is formally released to him, even that Pilate should marvel he has died already from the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. It's all very official, this chain of custody for the body of Jesus. So official that when the, the Pharisees and the priests and the Sadducees come to Pilate and want to set a guard, they know where to do it. Mm-hmm, that's right. They, they know where they can go. In fact, it makes you wonder if they didn't think that Joseph was in a little bit of a conspiracy. We're going to put him hmm. in my tomb where it's going to be easy to find and the disciples, because they probably remembered that Joseph didn't go along with them in the council meeting, and he was not up for their shenanigans and their false testimony, and he did not cast his vote against 
Jesus when, when he was talk, condemned. When you talk about the council meeting, Joseph is in the Sanhedrin council. Yes. Yeah. He, he's in the council of those who voted on... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, when Annas and Caiaphas were bringing their testimony, when all the false witnesses were, were coming by, he this is in Luke's account, we find it in Luke chapter 23, it says that Joseph did not go along and did mm-hmm. not cast his vote against Jesus. Mm-hmm. So... So good guy. Identified by Matthew as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. And again, it's uh, I'm struck by the fact of what you know, where are the twelve? And particularly as Matthew's telling this. Mm-hmm. But here comes Joseph of Arimathea, who we've not met till now in Matthew's account, but he's a disciple. He's a disciple. And he has he has the opportunity now to serve the Lord and minister in a way that the others couldn't. Mm-hmm. He has a brand new tomb nearby and he's going to let Jesus be in it. What an amazing mm-hmm. thing. Now, here's what makes this really amazing though. And I I know that today normally we just stay in Matthew, but I'm I'm picking up some things from the other gospel accounts because in John's account, mm-hmm. it actually says that he was a disciple but secretly mm-hmm. for fear of the Jews. Mm-hmm. So, we've got kind of a mixed bag here. And, you know, initially, as I was thinking about Joseph and what I wanted to say about him is that it's probably not something we should say be Joseph or not be Joseph, but just look, Joseph just is, Joseph just is what is. He, he just, he, you know, mixed back like you are, like I am, like mm-hmm. everybody listening. I mean, this is, this is where we are. We, sometimes we stand up, sometimes we fall down, sometimes we're ready to profess, and sometimes we're kind of slipping into the background. And this, this appears to be the way Joseph uh, of Arimathea had been um, as, as he, with his discipleship, but then at the trial. I mean, I wonder about that. You, you make up a great point, or make a great point when it talks about how he didn't cast his vote to, to kill him. Uh, and in that moment, that's very much a voice in the wilderness moment, isn't it? Yeah. All of it's going the other way, but Joseph doesn't want to do that. You bring up uh, secretly from John's gospel, and also in John's gospel, we see that Joseph had a a buddy in some of these events, and that is Nicodemus, Mm -hmm. who came to him by night. And so that's that's a callback in John's gospel that Nicodemus evidently has been coming along slowly and quietly in his own way. But here in the end, he's going to be with Joseph of Arimathea to, to serve the Lord in this way. If it's been private before, it's going to be public now. When I step forward to take the body, when I'm going to wrap the body in all of this, it's public now. Well, and when he refuses to cast his vote. Yeah, for Joseph of Arimathea, yeah, that, that's right. That's when a public he, When thing. he refuses to go along, it becomes a public thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started thinking about what to say about Joseph, I wanted to just have this idea of, okay, you know, he just is what he, what, what he is. He is what we are. We, we see in him the reality of striving to follow Jesus but struggling. But the more I looked at it, what I see is this upward trend. You know, he, he has this period of secrecy, but when push comes to shove— which see, and that's that's when it that's yeah. the deal. At this moment, when it finally okay, I I have to make a call. I've got to go one way or the other. I can't I can't continue on in under the cover of darkness. It's I ha- I've he stood up with Jesus, mm-hmm. and what an amazing time to do it in Jesus' death. I don't know what Joseph understood or expected. Yeah, I don't know what you know the the. The apostles themselves are scattered. They don't know what's happening. Right. They're all at a loss, and they can't figure it out. They, you know, they, I thought this was the Messiah, but he's killed. So I don't know what Joseph thought, but I know this. 
in this moment when it's when you would think that a guy in secret for fear of the Jews would finally say, oh, guess I picked the wrong side. I guess I should go ahead and flip-flop. He actually doubles down. Yeah. And he brings it public. And he stands with Jesus and he sides with Jesus. And then when Jesus is dead, he sides with Jesus. And I, I'm not sure that we today grasp what's going on when when he does this because what he is doing is he is opening himself up to shame. Yeah. He is putting in his family tomb this man who has been crucified by the Romans, who has been charged with insurrection and rebellion and blasphemy, mm-hmm. and he is willing to be with Jesus in the shame of his death. Yeah. And you know what? So I think I come down to be Joseph. Well, I appreciate what you're saying there, and, and particularly the contrast of of Joseph bringing an honor to Jesus in this death, of bringing him into the family tomb as opposed to throwing him out in a potter's field or you know wherever they might dispose the body of a criminal. Uh, not so for Jesus. He's going to honor the death of Jesus as a just man. Everyone keeps calling him a just man throughout this chapter. And so he's going to have a better burial than a criminal, uh, even if they have killed him. Like you said, I I don't know what Joseph knew or understood about resurrection at all, uh, but just in the moment of this death and this shame, he he was going to honor Jesus. He said, I side with Jesus. Like the teacher, like the master. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to do, yeah. side with Jesus. Well, we've wrapped up this week. We've got one more in Matthew. I just want to remind folks, as you did earlier, if you're here in Tampa this weekend, We'd love to see you on Sunday. Yep. You can go to our website, christiansmeethere.org, to find out about times and, and classes and assemblies. And so we hope we can see you then. How about we wrap up with a prayer? Our great God and Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for this week and that we have uh, somewhat quickly read through this chapter. But to see, Father, the crucifixion of Jesus, the different faces and the different people that all come to the front in these, in these moments. And, Father, we see ourselves in, in so many of them. We pray, God, that we might uh, learn from this to be a better disciple, to be a better follower, uh, that we might take a lesson of Joseph of Arimathea, and, and, and when it matters most, that, that, Father, we will be there and we will be faithful to honor Christ and to serve Christ and whatever the need of that hour might look like, Father, that we would surrender all we have for that cause and for that service. We thank you, Father, for the new life that we have in Christ for his sacrifice on the cross that paid it all. And we want to bring glory to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.